0: Here's Pastor Scott. Let's get into this word this morning. Let God speak to us. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, the Bible says Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He felt great pity for the crowds that came because their problems were so great that they didn't know where to go for help they were like sheep without a shepherd he said to his disciples the harvest is so great but the workers are so few so pray to the lord who is in charge of the harvest ask him to send out more workers for his fields i want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled ask god to send workers pray with me god thank you for your word god i thank you for allowing us to gather in your name god and we welcome you into this place you've promised that when we gather in your name you're here with us god so thank you for being ever present god i pray that now you'd strengthen my mouth and my mind god strengthen my body that i would be able to be used by you to say the things that you would have us to hear god i thank you for the indwelling of your spirit and i ask you now to let the holy spirit be our teacher from your word in jesus name amen ask god to send workers i've been talking to you over the last couple of weeks about the kingdom of god and our role in advancing the kingdom of god and i want you to have this mindset uh this thought about life being more than just natural life but your life being a part of god's kingdom your life being still here on this planet for the purpose of advancing God's kingdom and we've seen that the kingdom of God can be anywhere where people are recognizing him as king because a kingdom is a place that is being ruled by a king and your home can be the kingdom of God or your home can just be a house this 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 building can be the kingdom of God or it can just be a building and I want you to learn over the next weeks uh, what it means to live in God's kingdom and to be kingdom minded we we are have been advancing God's kingdom at this church for years we've seen many people get saved healed baptized babies dedicated marriages restored people join in marriage people transition on to heaven but let me tell you something that I know for sure there's more to do there's more to do God is not finished with you yet Uh, and people, there are so many people that believe the lie of the devil that the best days are behind them and that, you know, they've already done everything that God wants them to do. If you ever get to the point where you've already done everything that God wants you to do, he will let you know by welcoming you into heaven. And so there's, there's more of this kingdom, uh, to be built. There's more for us to do. We are right now, uh, I hate to even put a number on it right now because the numbers just blow people away. Uh, but it doesn't mean everybody giving the same amount, but it should mean everybody sacrificing. We, we are still about $40,000 short on being able to build our food and clothing ministry, which is going to take our food and clothing ministry to the next level. It is going to allow us to do greater ministry, to be a blessing to more people, um, if you want to give something extra into that, I encourage you to do so because we've got to get it done. We, we've got so many different things going on. you got your stuff going on. I've got my stuff going on. I came to remind you of three words this morning. If you don't get anything, get this. You ready? God is able. I want you to live with a God is able mindset. I want you to live with a God is able reality. I don't don't want you just to believe that God can do it for other people. I want you to believe God can do it for you. Uh, God has has called. He's able to do everything without us. Hear me good. But he chooses not to. He decided to let us be what the scripture declares his hands and his feet, his workers and his representatives, his his messengers and the body that he operates through. And we got some stuff going on in the world today. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all now I know Louisiana is not as important uh, to, to some people as it is to other people i spent several years of of my early childhood before school age in louisiana and have family in louisiana and i know some people in the room do as well but i didn't know this until today as the what what may well end up being the largest hurricane to ever make landfall in the united states that's what accuweather said an hour ago uh with uh they're, they're saying that it is uh pressing up on category five. I didn't know this until this morning that today is the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. That state is not built for a lot of rain. Um, The infrastructure is not there for for a lot of weather, Uh, but the weather is coming either way. Uh, When Katrina actually made landfall, Katrina, peaked up around a category five out in the water but when it made landfall on uh louisiana it was only a category three and it still was the costliest hurricane in american history and uh if this thing makes landfall as a category five that is not going to be good what am i saying we need to be in prayer for the people uh, of the Go- of the gulf coast region uh, all across the Gulf, this this hurricane stretches out bigger than the state of Louisiana. Um, and I saw, I showed the elders and the deacons before we prayed this morning. Um, in my office, we gather together every Sunday morning to pray together. I showed them a, a picture of people stranded on the interstate trying to get out of New Orleans. Their cars are parked. They can go nowhere. And the same weather service, Accu Weather Service, that told them... Um, that they needed to get out, that told them six hours ago that there will be no survivability in the area where this hits, is now telling them, and uh, two, three hours ago, they changed their message to say, you cannot get out if you're still in Louisiana, shelter in place. No survivability, shelter in place. Wait until the last minute to leave Now going to take a hurricane on in a car sitting on an interstate miles off the Gulf. Uh, Man, when I tell y'all that the, 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 the theme for 2021 is it's time, I'm telling you people do not recognize how timely that is. When it's time, you better do something. And that's why people have always told me forever, oh, I couldn't live in Florida. You know, uh, they they just got alligators walking up the doorsteps eating people. No, they don't. Most people that live in this state have never seen an alligator in the wild in their life. Never even seen one. And you certainly haven't seen one on a road walking up through a door. Um, If you have, you were on the news. And then they say, oh, I couldn't live in Florida because of the hurricanes. Listen hurricanes give you days sometimes weeks notice that that they're coming but if you can't leave if you got nowhere to leave uh then there there's trouble there's there's trouble coming uh to to the shores of america we got we got uh trouble uh at uh, at our southern border where we were averaging for six months 180,000 people coming into our country uh that's just the ones that we took paperwork on. They say there was half to equal that coming in that we didn't take paperwork on. Um, they, they, uh, we've got people now sneaking across, uh, Afghan refugees, terrorists coming across, pretending to be Guatemalans, uh, and there being a large volume of them are being shipped to the state of Florida where the governor just sent a letter to the president saying, please stop sending people to Florida. We're not an open border state. Send them to some states that agree with your policies. But that's not gonna go anywhere. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. We have got trouble coming all around us. Uh, this, this hurricane coming just this week after a year and a half of not one American military person losing life in Afghanistan, not one. Not one person, American military man or woman, lost their life in Afghanistan. Uh, This week we saw 13 uh, service members die in Afghanistan, men and women uh, of of every color, serving in the United States military. Uh, 11, I think 11 Marines, uh, one Army, and one Navy. Uh, And if you think that you've got trouble, I was listening to... The father of uh, one, one of the fallen Marines was on, on a newscast, and he was talking to them, and he said, I was just waiting on a call when I heard, because, you know, every, every family member that's got somebody in harm's way, when, when they hear something bad happen, they don't know if it was to theirs. He said, and when I saw that government car stop in front of my house and, and, and three Marines get out in suits, uh, he said, I just fell on the ground and started crying everybody's got some version of trouble. Everybody's been through some hardship, and I want you to realize that. We tend to try to make our issue the main issue. Listen, if you don't have a category five hurricane bearing down on your house right now, you're in better shape than an than, than entire state, two states full of people uh, on this gulf. If, if you didn't lose the, the, the person you care most about in life this week um, to some foolishness, in afghanistan uh then then you you don't have it as bad as them the devil wants you to believe that you've got it bad and you've got it worse and nobody's been through what you've been through i I came to remind you this morning everybody's going through something and that's why we ought to be nicer to each other that's why we ought to have more patience with each other that's why we ought to be more compassionate as believers that's why we ought to Be more helpful. Uh, I could pass the microphone around, and we could just begin to tell our sad stories. Everybody in the room's got some measure of a sad story. I got my own uh, personal uh, news this week. I I found out that my back and my neck are no longer my biggest issue. Um, I've I've got a tumor uh, where where my brain and my parotid gland come together, and and I get to do more testing for that this week. So couple that with the tumor I've got on my thyroid is trying to steal my voice. Um, and the, the, the doctors now think that uh, these, these lumps in my body are, are more uh, uh, disastrous, uh, take precedent over my back and my neck pain. I'm telling you, i got sweat rolling down my back right now. But what, what, what am I trying to remind myself of and you? We've all got issues. We've all got pain we're going through. We've all got personal crises. We're in in this uh, almost two years now of this pandemic, um, and numbers going up, and people—no, nobody's got a clue. No, nobody, nobody's got an idea. Uh, people say, they they say, wear the mask, and then they say, don't wear the mask. And then then they say, but you got to wear the mask. And then they say, get vaccinated, and then nobody's going to get it. And then people get it after being vaccinated. And now they say, we're not going to make kids in Florida wear masks, go back to school, because listen to me good. Children will not keep a mask on for six hours. They just won't. You don't know children. If you think a child is going to leave that mask in place and don't touch it all day long for six hours, you're fooling yourself. And if you really think that a a, a nine-cent mask from Home Depot built to keep sawdust out of your nose is is going to keep you alive, I recommend trust Jesus. Wear the mask if you want to. Don't wear it if you don't want to. Vax if you want to. Don't vax if you don't want to. But I'm telling you, we got trouble on every side. We got issues all the way around us. We are are dealing with this worldwide pandemic. People are dying of, of, of all ages and backgrounds. Uh, we, we've, we've completely botched everything that the American military could have botched in Afghanistan. And listen, if we hold to this deadline and we leave thousands of Americans stranded in Afghanistan, thousands of our allies stranded, I don't understand it at all. Pray for me that my understanding would be greater and that my focus would be better because I know this right now, the, the, the British... uh, Special forces are going door to door right this minute, pulling people from the United Kingdom out of Afghanistan and safely currying them out while we're just letting Afghanistan uh, fly in our Black Hawk helicopters and play with uh, uh, over $50 billion worth of uh, vehicles and weaponry that we abandoned. The world's a mess. We got issues going on. I got my own personal issues going on. You probably got your own personal issues going on. Many of you have been praying for my son Jake, uh, who was who uh, had orders to fly out of uh, Washington D.C. Friday uh, to go to the United States Marine Corps or United States Embassy in Nigeria, where he he would be serving as an embassy guard. Got there, paperwork had a problem. Nigeria was looking for something that the Marine Corps hadn't given him and he hadn't flown out. And I'm trying to convince him that ain't the hardest hardship that the world is facing right now. But uh, you know, in his in his young mind, he gets the feeling like so many of us get the feeling, my problems got to be bigger than yours because they're mine. And I want you to know there's problems all around us. Everybody Got problems all around the world, but there's only one God. Uh, I want us to look at this scripture and and, in Matthew chapter nine. Put that screen back, put that verse back on the screen for me. Verse 35 says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the what? Kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus was busy about his father's business Jesus was busy doing what God had given him to do Jesus was busy using the life and the time that he had on this planet to do the right thing with I wonder if we can say the same I can tell you this even as our theme for 2021 is it's time it is time that we pray more it's time that we love god more it's time that we do what god has called us to do because we've been saying this for thousands of years tomorrow's not promised but it's still hard to get people to focus on living life on purpose most people aren't living most people are existing jesus said i am come that they might have life and that they might have life more abundantly most people aren't living even a mediocre life Most people are just existing, just trying to get through today so they can get to tomorrow. I want to let you know that God has a life, a higher call, and a better life than that. Listen to what he said in verse 36. He felt great pity for the crowds that came because their problems were so great they didn't know where to go for help. I can tell you this for sure as somebody who sat, held my wife as she took her last breath, lost the most important person in the world to me. I can tell you in that moment of despair, you can know all the Bible verses you want to know. You can quote all the Christian cliches you want to quote. You can hold your Bible and you stand up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says. I am. But when you are in the depths of despair, when your problems are so great, you are gonna get to a place where you're not sure where to go for help. We know that we should go to the Lord for help, but do we? By and large, we don't. By and large, God is sitting there waiting to help us, and too many times, We try to face our own problems. But the good news for us today is the scripture declares that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what Jesus would do now is what he did then. And what he did then is he felt great pity for the crowds that came because their problems were so great. I want to tell you something. We live in a world of great problems. We live in a world of great difficulty. We live in a world of disease hardship famine brokenness we live in a world of lack and discouragement we live in a world of medical problems we 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 got um, our our youngest digging wife walking around on a cane needing a hip surgery we 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 got a pastor joking uh with a staff about uh, is, is throat cancer or uh brain cancer gonna kill me first we, we, we got people who have lost loved ones. We, we got a military that is just falling apart and acting like fools in Afghanistan and doing something that we swore after Vietnam we'd never do again, which is to leave people behind. We walk around with these models of no, mottos of no one left behind, and we're about to pull up, just jerk up stakes after 20 years of being there and leave our allies and Americans in harm's way. There are problems so great. That if we don't turn to the Lord, nobody else can fix it. Mm, I wish I, I wish you would really feel what I'm trying to get you to feel this morning because here's the reality when when Barack Obama was the president we had fools walking around saying not my president when Donald Trump was the president we had fools walking around saying not my president with Joe Biden's the president we still got fools walking around saying not my president We we are designed to be one nation under God and no president no man no administration no group of human wisdom thinking people can solve the great problems that we have in the world our world needs God we are not like sheep without a shepherd we are not those who don't know where to go for help but let me ask you this this morning in your despair in your great problems in your hurt in, in 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 your own personal pain do you know where to go for help and do you go there I don't understand it. I, I, I don't get it. I, I know now I'm just more emotional than the average dude, I guess. Um, I, I've always felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I've never backed down from anything or anybody in my whole life. But I, since I came to Christ, I, God has opened my emotions up so much, I'll cry at a Hallmark, I'll cry at a Bell South commercial. And if you haven't shed any tears this week, over 13 families losing their 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 their, their son or their daughter. If, if, if you haven't had any concern at all for what is going on in Afghanistan, and listen, don't believe these lies of these people that said what we did there for 20 years didn't matter. We brought, brought stability to a region for 20 years. They got women being forced into forced marriages with grown men at 10 years old that are having sex with these little girls over there in this barbaric country. We put all that on halt and on hold, and, and there was a difference that being made, but I can promise you this. Life is bad everywhere you look until you look to Jesus. He's still the master of the sea. He's still the keeper of the storm. He, he still offers you a hiding place in the shadow of his wings, but most of us are being cooked to death in the pain of our problem. And I want to encourage you, run to Jesus. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And whatever you're going through right now, the answer for America, the answer for Afghanistan, the answer for the southern border crisis, the answer, listen, these people that are leaving these countries by the millions, they're not leaving them uh, because it's fine and dandy where they are. I I listened to some some immigrants trying to get their way to America, This week on television, and they said it's incredible to them how many Americans they hear trashing America as a country, talking about how unfair and horrible America is as a nation. And I heard one man say, if you spent one day in my nation, you would be running back to America the same way me and my family are running to it right now. But we want to think our problems are bigger than everybody else's. I, 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 I'm not saying there's a scale, and I'm not saying that you hadn't gone through anything. And I certainly know I've gone through things in my own life. But we are supposed to know where to go for help. And we better start doing it. We, we're, not, we're not sheep without a shepherd. But, but the Bible says that they were like sheep. Without a shepherd. So what am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you that there's a world of people out there that don't know Jesus. They are without a shepherd. But there's a world of people out there who are saved that are living like sheep without a shepherd. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, draw close to God. Spend some time with your Savior. We we, we know that God is able, but he's called us to work with him he said in verse 37 he said to his disciples the harvest is so great but the workers are so few i need you to get it in your mind that god never changes the bible says it is impossible for him to change one of the divine attributes characteristics personal qualities unique to god is what theologians call the immutability of god which declares that not only uh, does he not change he cannot change. It is impossible for God to change because if he could change, he would have to change either to better or worse than where he is now. And there's no better that he can get, and he can't be worse. So it should comfort you to know that we serve an unchanging God. You need to approach life knowing that God will never fail you need to approach life knowing that God is still there you need to approach life knowing what he did before he's still about that now because he's the same yesterday today and forever and Jesus said to his disciples 2,000 years ago the harvest is so great but the workers are so few I promise you I've never seen it in my lifetime. I'm 58 years old. I've been in full time Christian ministry since 1982. I've never seen more problems. In the world than I see right now. And I'm not being theatrical. I'm telling you the the God's truth. Anybody that's been around that length of time. Knows that, that, that things are bad. And bad and worse. And there is so much problems. In the earth right now. And I've never seen a time. In my entire life. Almost 40 years. Of doing full time Christian ministry. When the laborers. The workers are so few. The devil has pulled out all stops in, in the last few years, uh, just confusing the entire world. We literally, this, is, this, this, this sounds like a comic bit. This sounds like a stand-up routine that people actually believe that they can change genders from day to day. Well, today I identify as a man. Well, tomorrow I identify as a woman. Well, last week I was identifying as a dragon. Listen, you are what you are. And if you can't figure it out, stand in the mirror, take a look at your crotch, and it'll let you know. Man, I'm so tired of the confusion over simple things. Well, I don't feel like, like, like my assigned gender. Listen, I don't feel like always loving you. But I'm going to do it because God said it's the right thing to do. And we got—I mean—the confusion that's in America right now. We—we've got people on survey talk just track the colleges and university. Listen, you let your child, uh, you let your student go to a college or university. Uh, that's on you. You do what seems right to the Lord. But I can promise you this: the time they spend in that university, they're going to be—they're going to spend being confused about their gender identity, being confused uh, uh, about their parents, being confused about if there's a God. Or not. We live in a time where uh, it's just so much mess out there. We've never had the issues that we've got now. We got the whole world trying to immigrate to America, and we got an entire uh, group of people trying trying to wake up the rest of us to tell us how horrible a place America is. Uh, I I will, I will give you if you want it. I will give you my man Herschel Walker's phone number. If you want Herschel Walker's phone number, he put it out live on CNN and on Fox News. And Herschel Walker said, if you don't like America, call me. I will pay for you to leave this country as long as you never come back. Who is he to say that? He's a man that's traveled around the world. He's a man that's got some common sense. And I hope he's the next governor of the state of Georgia. Pray for that. Enough of that. Let me keep moving because some of y'all get so upset when when I talk about real life issues. We live in the real world. When Jesus was alive, they were begging him to take us out of this pain. He said, I ain't here to take you out of your pain. I'm I'm here to give you somebody to lean on in it. He said, I'm not going to take you out of this world, but I'm going to be with you as you go through it. And it's time for the blood-bought church to, to realize the truth of the word of God. The harvest is great. You don't have to go to the southern border. You don't have to go to Afghanistan. You don't have to go to Chicago and see once again this week over 50 more people got shot. Listen, every week in Chicago. At least 50 people get shot and they average over 10 deaths a week. We're talking about babies, we're talking about innocent little boys and girls in their bedrooms getting bullets and while and America just wants to parade around up and down pretending that there's big problems everywhere else. It is they don't say say his name, say her name. No, okay. We can say the names of people who have rap sheets longer than both my arms, people who you would not let date your children, people who you wouldn't let come to your barbecue, but we don't know the names of none of these innocent three-year-old girls that have been killed over the last decade of death and murder in Chicago. And that that's too real to deal with. Let, let's, just, let's just make it up. I—yea, hey, Believe what you want to believe. I'm going to believe And God, but I can tell you this. I tell you what I told the staff. Some of y'all gonna get mad. Listen, you can get mad or glad in the same. Just leave that there. You get mad or glad in the same pants that you came in wearing today. But I I told the staff this morning, we got so many people from the President of the United States, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to every college and uh, university professor. In the country trying to tell us that the greatest problem facing America is nine hillbillies in Kentucky attending a Klan meeting. That ain't the greatest problem facing America. We got bigger problems in Chicago than than we've got with with 12 Klan members trying to hold a rally in Kentucky. There's always going to be crazy people, but it's time for the blood-bought children of God to start praying that God would wake up our politicians to some real issues. If, if, if any lives matter at all, let, let's start in Chicago. If you walk in to an emergency room and you have a gunshot wound in your neck and you have a kitten scratch on your forearm, if they all start, crash cart, crash cart in room three, crash cart in room three, stat, we got a scratched arm. Dude pumping blood out his neck. And they're worried about, the that's not how triage works. You ought to deal with the big issue first. And we're getting sidetracked by minor issues. We're getting sidetracked by what the media wants to sidetrack us with when we got a nation bleeding out at the neck. Right. That's right. And the church is sitting back, not showing up for prayer on first Sunday night of the month. I could quit right there. And if you're mad, then do something about it because it's time for the blood-bought church to start doing what God has called us to do. He called us to work for Him. He told us to go work in His field. He told us to, to uh, put, put verse 38 up on the screen. He told us to pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest, And ask him to send out more workers for his field. Jesus said we ought to ask God to send more workers into his field. Now, here's the thing. The reason why some people won't ask God for more workers in the field, because they know first thing that would happen. You know who the first worker? You start praying for God to send more workers into the field. Guess who he's going to say go first? There it is. There it is. You start, you start doing, now this, this ain't opinion, this is command. This is this, this not theory, this is the word of God. This is what Jesus Christ said on this planet. For us to pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest, and ask him to send out more workers for his, well, you know, if I ever get committed to God, I might show up more. You, 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 you counted on Jesus showing up for you. If you give any consideration at all to the amount of suffering that he went through. If you give any consideration at all to the beating that he took in the courtyard. Which was designed to kill most of the criminals in that day and age. So they wouldn't have to put them on a cross. They tried to beat the life out of them so they would bleed out. So they didn't have to go through the long process of crucifixion. If you give any conscious effort to all that Jesus did where he suffered he bled and he died the Bible said they stripped him naked and his bowels hung out of his body so low beneath his groin that it was impossible to tell if he was a man or a woman Hollywood has done more injustice to this country, then I've got time to talk about. But one of the primary injustices they've done, they have misrepresented Jesus to the world, Uh, I mean, at at every level. Number one, he wasn't white. Number two, he wasn't some frail-looking sissy dude uh, with no muscles. He was a grown man who worked with his hands who wasn't nobody to play with. And he wasn't this little frail, sissy, long-haired, white, blue-eyed Jesus hanging on a cross with one trickle of blood coming off his brow. That ain't who Jesus was, and his suffering was not that limited. And if you give any respect and any thought at all to how much suffering he went through on your behalf, you ought to love him more. If you ever come to the reality and and the real understanding that he loved you enough to die for you, you ought to consider loving him enough to live for him. And that's not just coming to church. I'm glad you came to church. Most people didn't. We, we, we now, we, in, in 2000, I think it was 2016, we, for the first time in American history, dropped below the 50% church attendance crowd as a nation. We had, in my lifetime, when I was in junior high school, America went to church at an 85% clip. 85% of American lost folk were going to church. Saved folk were going to church. Now we got lost folk and people claim saved. We now are dangerously close. And by the next time they measure it, America's right near the 40% going to church crowd and and heading in the wrong direction. The prime minister of Austria several years ago, there were 70 mosques, not Australia, but Austria. There were 70 mosques with imans. That's their priests in the nation of Austria In one day, he shut down all of their mosques, revoked all of their visas, and told them all, get out of our country. You will not do to us what you've done to England. And if you're not paying attention to England right now, England is is being called, the, 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 the biggest city in England, London, is being called Londonistan because there are more Pakistanis in there now than there are Brits. Well, I think it would be nice if we just let all the Muslims move into Jacksonville. Let's start with your house. Let's start with your house. Let's start with these people who hate Jesus Christ, and let's put them in your house. Let's let's start with these people that don't value women's rights, that that, that want to treat women uh, like like property, that, 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 that that are allowed to beat their women, allowed to rape strangers for looking at them. We had in our own country years ago, a man got off a subway, raped a woman. Muslim man got off a subway, raped an American woman, stood trial in New York. The New York judge, or in New Jersey, the New Jersey judge was a Muslim, ruled that according to Sharia law, if that woman held eye contact with a Muslim man, he is allowed to rape her if he wants to. That's their law. Let's move them into your house. Where, 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 where if they want to have sex with your nine-year-old little girl, their law says they can't. Well, I just think we should let everybody move into it. Well, let's start with your house. We got issues, and we better get our eyes on Christ. We're in a, we're in a world full of pain and problems, and God has called us to go work in his kingdom. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is talking to the church, and some of them are acting like, you know, he's the answer. Other of them are acting like Apollos is the answer. Now, you notice they put Apollos first. And we know that first first things in the list have have priority importance. They loved Apollos. They loved Apollos. Why? Because he was Greek. He was good looking. He was a smooth talker, and he told them the stuff they wanted to hear. More than Paul did. Paul Paul told them the hard truth. It's no different today than it was in the first century in Corinth. Or it was in Jeremiah's time. Where the people begged, read the book of Jeremiah. Where the people begged Jeremiah, stop telling us hard things. Tell us smooth things. Tell us easy things to hear. We don't want your prophecy. Tell us smooth words. I'm promising you, people have the same issues today they've had forever, and God is still the answer. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. He says, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Can you sign off on that? Can I get your co-sign on that? Are you doing the work the Lord gave you? He went on in verse 6 to say, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. When you live for God in front of people, when you share the word of God in front of people, where you testify, witness, and live out the life of Christ in front of people, you either plant a seed of the word of God in their life or you're watering a seed that's already been planted. But what's important? is that god makes the seed grow every mega church in america right now is preaching basically the same message they're preaching messages about personal empowerment you are awesome you're great you're incredible seth and i walked through walmart one day a couple years ago and i, I was looking at the book section and uh, i saw joel osteen had a new book out and people say well i don't believe you should call out people by name read the bible uh, Paul told him, Alexander the coppersmith, have done me much evil. Scripture calls out people all the time. But I thought, oh, awesome. Finally, uh, a book uh, by, by the America's largest church pastor uh, that, that's got some Bible in it. And it said, I am powerful. And I thought, now see, this is what I like. We're going to give the power to God. Because we, everybody that knows anything about the Bible, uh, when, when, when God was asked, well, who shall I tell them you are? What is your name? He said, I am. He named himself I am. And when you refer to anything as I am, the Hebrew mind knows you're talking about God. One of the reasons the religious people wanted Jesus killed is because he was walking around saying, I am. The door of uh, the bread of life. I am the door to heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Every time he made an I am, they they accused him of blasphemy. I thought, oh, wow, he's going to talk about God. I thumbed through it, and every chapter was telling the same story. Look in the mirror and tell yourself, I am magnificent, I am awesome. And I'm thinking, this more personal empowerment garbage, when are people going to take the priority off the human being and put the priority and the magnification and the exaltation on the high and lifted up, one true God of all the world, Jesus himself. What's important? He said, who, who are me and this dude? We, we're we nobodies. I'm thinking, oh, that message couldn't work in 2021. You, you got... You got uh, every, every big church in America want, want people to give us five principles on how to have success. Five keys to economic empowerment. Three ways to, to live your best. I'm living my best life now. Uh, well, Jesus was living his best life then while they were driving nails into his hands and feet. It wouldn't fly much in today's world. He went on to say in, in verse 8, the one who plants and the one who water work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Verse 9 says, for we are both God's workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. We live in a world where God has sent his son to suffer, bleed, die, and be raised from the dead on the third day. We live in a kingdom where God has saved us, put his spirit inside of us, and given us work to do. But too many people look at work like it's a four-letter word. I'm going to say something to you millennials. You're going to get upset. I didn't invent it. Read the statistics. Millennials are getting married. Well, they're not getting married, but they say they're getting married at a later date than their parents ever did, moving out. They're not really moving out, but when they do move out, moving out later than their parents ever did, Uh, they're saying now that. Uh, the majority, upwards of seventy percent, will never be able to buy a home because if you got to have ten to twenty percent down to put on a home, even if you buy a two hundred thousand dollar house, if you got to have twenty percent to put down on that, show me a millennial that's got forty thousand dollars in their pocket jingling around. I mean, we we got people now that that have been raised to believe every child gets a trophy. Don't keep listen. If they try to put your child in a sport where they don't keep score, get out of that place. They keep a score on these soccer games, boy. You winning? All right, see? There's a commercial being run right now, and it's by a woman who was an Olympian, and she said it's time to stop counting score and let's make sure we all win. I thought it says, it says under your name, you're an Olympic gold medalist. Were they keeping score for you? Were you glad that everybody won in your Olympics? Or were you glad that you won? But we raised a generation of cowards and sissies that believe that work is a dirty work. I want to remind you, God gave human beings work to do before there was sin. Work is not part of curse. Work is not part of the fallen nature of humanity. God gave uh, humans work to do when they were butt naked and perfectly right with God. Before they chose against God. Work is a good thing. I promise you this. If you ever have to deal with chronic pain to where you can't work like you used to work, you're going to realize work was a blessing. You ought to want to be able to get up and get out and do Uh, any bit of work that God will allow you to do. The fact that God lets us be on his team. And I'm going to tell you something. I see these college kids getting drafted all the time, especially when it comes to football, and and they all want to say the same thing. I'm going to just be glad I'm going to play hard for whatever team drafts me. I'm thinking, you know you bet. Trevor Lawrence did not want to get drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I promise you that. Want to get on there and say, I'm just happy to be with my team, and we're going to make the best of it. I'm thinking about, man, yeah, come on. Rajon Rondo's having a party right now so big he probably ain't been to sleep yet. Because when they traded him away to Memphis, he played so bad. Memphis just bought his contract out, and now Rondo's going back to the Lakers, and he ain't going to miss Memphis. There there are are teams that people want to play for. There are teams that people don't want to play for. I want to tell you this. When it comes to the team, the, the organization that God has chosen for Himself, he chose us to be on his team, and there's no greater team in the world than the team captained by Jesus Christ. You ought to want to get up every day and work hard. for The Bible says to please the one who has called you into his army. You ought to want to do something good with your life for God. People just holding on. I hear people tell me every week, how, how you doing, brother? How you doing? Well, just holding on. Waiting on Jesus. Man, you, 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 Jesus is waiting on you. He's not going to come back until we do everything he's put us here to do. So it's time. It's time for us to get on with the getting on. We got a great harvest opportunity. There's never been more pain in this country than there is right now. There's never never been more more problems than we're facing as a world right now. This pandemic, listen, I'm going to tell you what, pandemic is good for elections. Pandemic gets people to tell their story and and make people want to vote for their side. You think this pandemic's going away anytime soon? We got 2022 elections coming up. You think this pandemic is going away anytime soon we we got we got a presidential election coming up in 2024 uh I, i'm gonna tell y'all what i'm glad i made it as an opinion and not a thus saith the lord because i told y'all uh when president biden got elected he, he'll make about six months and and then kamala harris will be our first female president uh we're not far from that day it's lasted more than six months but if you ain't heard this dude talk in front of people Wake up, cuz. <laughs> Wake up and say your words right. Uh, when they, I don't know how many of y'all saw. I watched CNN the other day. He started to answer a question because he only calls on the people on the name he's got in front of him. But every other president was like uh, somebody yell out. They'd talk over each other, and they'd just point at them, and they'd announce who they are and what paper they were from. He calls on them now. They already got all the answers written down for him because they already got all the questions written down. He still went off script. I don't know how many of y'all saw the other day. He went off script. They cut his microphone off of him. Somebody came, tapped him on the back, and walked him off. How you going to cut off the microphone on the most powerful man on the planet? Of course, I don't know. We got our own issues. I don't know. I don't know which one of y'all back there uh, cutting off my microphone every time I start singing in this church. Rick just pointed to Elder Keon. That's him? I already told y'all, I want people to hear bad singing so they don't feel like they got to be a good singer to raise their voice up. We got issues going on, but God has called us to go and to work in his field. I, but before I wrap this up, I, I want to I share a couple things uh, with you. I, I, I know we need workers. Uh, two, two things I, I want you to understand. Uh, we've been commanded to pray that god would send more workers and i want you to decide today will you obey god and will you do what he said he said pray that god would send more workers so let's let's decide do do we believe the bible is right and are you willing to obey what god told you to do second thing i want you to consider is get involved Every member is designed by God to be a minister. Every member of the body of Christ is not designed to be a pastor. Every member of the body of Christ is not designed to be a worship leader. Every member of the body of Christ is not designed to do every job in the body of Christ. But we're all called to do something. Every member ought to be a minister. I told you before, ministry should be happening more outside the church than inside the church. We're only here for a couple hours a week. We're outside the church for the whole rest of the time. And ministry is not just preaching. Ministry is meeting needs. Ministry is going out and doing something good on behalf of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you some things you can do to start being a better minister. I'm going to give you some things. Listen, if you need business cards, I'll pay for them. If it'll cause you to really start serving God, if we title you up, minister, uh. Uh, Irenia Johnson, listen, Irenia, we will title you up. We will give you a business card that says Minister minister, uh, Ray Jones, and you can go, I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved at all, you already got that title from God. So I'm going to give you some ways that you can get involved we're going to get out of here. Number one, and this is big, get saved for real. Get saved for real. I, I'm telling y'all, too many people come to church and and and, and, and try to serve God without salvation. I, I know Connie remembers it. Wave at everybody, Connie. Connie and I grew up in the same church. Connie was, was, was there. We had the best choir director. That's what they call them in Baptist churches. They didn't even call them praise and worship leaders because, you know, they don't want to get accused of anything. Uh, but we had the best choir director in the whole country, a man named Archie Jackson. He's still, all these years later, 40 years later, he's uh, the the, the choir director, music minister at Hibernia Baptist Church in Fleming Island. And he came down, he was leading the invitation song. When he came down, walked out from behind the microphone, took the preacher by the hand and said, I'm not saved. Now this man had just come back off tour with Jay Strack who was one of the leading evangelists on the planet during that time. He had just come off a a national tour singing for hundreds of thousands of people, winning people to Christ unsaved. I know pastors that need to get saved. I I know deacons, elders that need to get saved. I know church folk that need to get saved. And I know atheists that need to get saved. Get saved for real. Get saved for real if, if you're not sure the bible says in first john chapter five that these things have been written that you may know that you have eternal life if you're trying to get to heaven on a hope so salvation trade that bad stuff in and get you a real salvation you ought to know that you know that you know if the sun don't come up tomorrow you're right with god and you're going to heaven get saved for real Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. Look at these people. Now, these are church-going folk. These are preachers, miracle workers, demon chasers. These are people in their mind. They know that, hey, I'm doing big stuff over here. Listen to what happens in verse 23. Jesus said, But I will reply, I... Never knew you. That's that's talking about a personal relationship. Do, do, Do you have a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Or are you just trying your best? Jesus said, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. You better get saved for real. If you don't know that you're saved, you better search for God with your whole heart it took me a long time to understand why how is it that i could have walked an aisle in the third grade prayed prayed the prayer the preacher told me to pray stood up in front of the whole church and joined the church by profession of faith in the lord jesus christ got baptized in that same church showed up to sunday school went to church every time the doors open how could i have done that in the third grade and not really been saved listen praying a prayer don't get you saved why is it that years later when i prayed again for god to save me Why did it take that time? Why did it take on July 15, 1981, but it didn't take 10 years prior to that? Because the Bible says that you'll only find God when you search for him with your whole heart. Some of y'all play with church. You play with God. You think, I'll add a little God in, just in case. I'll give God a little time this week because, you you know, uh, I I, I do really, I I, I do believe in him. I'm going to promise you this. I, I, I see it every year. You got all these people. Celebrities, athletes, entertainers, musicians. Anybody that opens a speech with, I just want to give shout-outs to the big man upstairs, they're going to hell for sure. God is nobody's big man upstairs. That is disrespectful. That, that, That is a low view of God, and that is not understanding what a king he is. God don't tolerate that. I wouldn't tolerate that in my own house. I ask my son a question. He, if, if he just has lost his mind or he's half asleep and he ain't paying attention and he says no, I look at him say no to me. He's allowed to say no to me if he says no, sir, or yes, sir. I ain't raising my children. If you raise your children, you ask them a question, they don't even look at you and they say yeah. What level of disrespect are you tolerating in your... God don't tolerate this kind of foolishness out of people. God is... The Bible says his eyes are too holy to even look on sin. I believe the greatest pain that Jesus felt wasn't the nails in his hands or feet, wasn't the spear in his side or the thorns... In his head when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Bible teaches us that he himself bore our sins in his body. He took on all the sins of the world. And when that transference happened, when he went from being Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the uh, the, the holy lamb of God, to wearing my sin and your sin, God turned his back on him. And the Bible says the whole earth went dark. God didn't even look at Jesus when Jesus had sin on his life. We walk around. I'm telling you, I'm done counseling people who are are faking salvation. I'm just going to start with leading anybody. Anybody come to me for counseling, we're going to have a let's get you saved first party. Because everybody that comes to me, they'll sit down and tell me, you know, I'm, I'm just strung out on drugs. I can't get off meth. i got a crack habit. Uh, you know, I'm spending 20 hours a day looking at pornography. Uh, I, I have to drink myself blind, drunk every day. And then I ask them, have you ever thought about getting saved? Oh, no, I'm saved, Pastor. How you got Confidence. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How you got confidence, all them addictions, all them problems, and you feel like the very God who turned his back on Jesus to where Jesus had to cry out, why have you forsaken me? But you feel like God, you and God are just big man upstairs, got a special lockdown, uh, ride or die hookup. You keeping it 100 with God. Listen, God's keeping it 100 all the time. And his eyes are too holy. You better get saved for real. Second thing. This ain't new revelation for y'all, but it's still true. Read your Bible every day. Read. I don't believe there's a church on the planet who has been told three things. More more than I've told this church, three things. I've told you for the 20 years we've been a church that you ought to do three things. Read your Bible, what? And what? And still, do you think that every person in this room reads their Bible every day? Mm. Easy stuff to do. Easy stuff to do. Anybody think Jimmy Rich goes more than three days without checking what happened with the Chicago Cubs? Do you? You think any grandmother goes three days in a row without thinking about her grandbabies you think any teenager on this planet goes 30 minutes without thinking about their cell phone but we got people oh i know i'm saved you're to read your bible for three days in a row what kind of salvation are you really pushing up against you better start reading your bible every day in matthew 4 4 when jesus was being tempted He said, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now, what he's teaching there is sustenance, sustainability, dependency, and nourishment. And if you're not reading the word of God, if you are not living by every word of God, you are malnourished. Some of you wonder why you got no joy. Some of you wonder why you don't feel the tangible presence of God in your life. Some of you wonder why your prayers seem so cold and so indifferent like you're not sure if anybody's listening. It's because you're not nourished on the word of God. Third thing, and we're going to get out of here, pray every day. Luke twenty-one thirty-six says, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. These are not suggestions, church. These these are not good opinions. This is our King commanding us how to live in His kingdom. Pray always. Pray always. You better start praying more. We can't get the, the average Christian to have one quiet time one daily appointment with God one time where they set aside a time where everybody in their house knows don't 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 mess with them right now they, they're they having their time with God I told you Daniel had three appointments with God every day we struggle to have have one one time where the average Christian will read their Bible and pray Luke 18 chapter 1 one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up what should we do in light of this Afghanistan debacle, the, the, the worst debacle in American strategic military history, by the way, uh, if, you, if you disagree with me, please let me buy you a meal, and I, and I will educate you on the facts, and you can tell me what you think. Um, what, what, what should we do? Uh, After a year and a half of nobody dying in Afghanistan, and in one day, 13 of our service members get killed as America turns its back on our allies. What should we do in the midst of a 16-year anniversary of the most devastating hurricane in American history? Now we got a bigger one right now hitting Louisiana. What should we do? Got Tabitha sitting on the front row. Had to get up out of Gulfport, Mississippi, huh? I, I told you, I looked, I looked online today. They got cars stranded on the interstate. They can't move. They're on lockdown. They waited too late to get out. Thank God that you got out of Gulfport. What should we do in light of hurricanes, natural disasters, racism, oppression? What should we do in, in light of, of marriages failing at a high? More marriages fail than succeed. What should we do in, in the midst of a country that's already turned its back on God? We ought to pray and never give up. You ought to be so d- diligent in prayer that you ain't gonna give up. What, what, what did the Bible tell us about Jacob? He wrestled with God all night long, and God said, Let me go now so I can go back to my place. And he said, I ain't gonna let you go till you touch me. You ought to, you ought to, re- you ought to hold on to God till your miracle comes. You ought to hold on to God till He saves everybody you wanna see Him save. You ought to pray and never give up. Too many quitters in this life. Because they didn't learn from good coaches, because they played sports where they didn't keep scoring and everybody got a trophy. So they didn't have to try hard, raised a generation full of cowards and pansies that way. There is effort to be done in this life. And you better pray your way through it. Colossians 4:2 says, continue in prayer. First Thessalonians 5:17 says, pray without ceasing. There is as much teaching in the Bible on the subject of prayer as there is on anything. It's one of the most taught subjects in the kingdom of God and one of the least done things. And I'm going to tell you why it's least done. Because the devil don't want you praying. Because you start praying, you're going to get closer to God. And God already promised if you draw close to him, he's going to draw close to you. And you'll never be closer to God than you are when you're on your knees divinely communicating with him fourth thing you did it today come to church the psalmist said in psalm 122 verse 1 i was glad when they said to me let us go into the house of the lord we got people oh so we got to go to church it's sunday already yes yeah, sunday already god god kept kept you alive all week long and you ought to get back in the house of the lord and give him praise for that church is not optional for the believer well i don't believe i got to go to church To be saved we can talk about that i believe there are people who don't go to church that are saved but ain't nobody not going to church who's a christian christian means like christ jesus went to church all the time he didn't just lay out from church because the church wasn't perfect he didn't listen jesus went to church where there were rabbis in charge jesus knew he was smarter than the preacher but he still went to church Jesus knew he was holier than the preacher, but he still went to church. Jesus knew everybody in that church was jacked up, but he still went to church. ain't no time for not going to church. Psalm 8410 says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. There was a time where people who said they loved God wanted to go and be in the house of the Lord. They wanted to go to be around a group of people that believed in the same God they believe in. And you get that opportunity every week right here. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. There is a special blessing on us when we come into the house of God He's everywhere already, but he promised that if two or more believers gather together in his name, that he is there in the midst of them God is tangibly in the presence of the corporate church more than he is anywhere else at any time. It's the place that he has promised. He said he inhabits the praises of his people. When we gather together in his name and we sing to him and we pay attention to the reading of the word and the teaching thereof as he's commanded us to do, there is an anointing that comes with that, and you ought to be like the psalmist. I just want want to live. Here's here's my thing. I'll tell you all this, and we'll get out of here. I want to finish well. Lots of people started off. Every church has said this at one point. It's ridiculous because it's true of every church. They ain't special. Well, you know, if all the people showed up, they called this their church, we wouldn't have room to put them. Well, check this out. Apostle Bobo, all the people ain't going to show up. Because everybody don't care about finishing right. If you've been in church any length of time, you know people who used to love God. You know people who used to go to church. You know people who used to serve, teach, deak. Seventeen hundred pastors every week in America quit and never go back to pulpit ministry. No, that ain't that ain't my plan. I I I I, I, I have a desire of the Lord, and I'm gonna seek after it. I, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I I, I, look, I look at people. Um, Like, like Deacon Ken. uh, uh, Let let me pick. Hugo ain't ain't as old as Deacon Ken, but he got a he got a year or two on me. I look at people older than me that are still in the house of the Lord. These are my examples. These are my role models. These are my heroes. Because I promise you this, I don't want to be the next person who used to go to church. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and inquire in His temple. Live it how you want to live it, but God has, 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 has a charge on us, and we need to keep it. Psalm 26, 8, the psalmist said, I love your sanctuary, Lord. It's the place where your glorious presence dwells. If you don't feel the presence of God when you come to church, that ain't on me. That ain't on the worship team. That ain't on the singers. That ain't on the musicians. That ain't on nobody but you. He said, if you seek, he will be found. And we ought to come into this place, and we know this is the place where the glorious presence of God dwells. This is the place where the corporate anointing of God is. This is the place he promised to meet with us. And we got work to do. We, you, you, you need to be in church. Last thing, invite or bring people to church. Matthew 9, 36 says, he felt great pity for the crowds that came because their problems were so great. And they didn't know where to go for help They were like sheep without a shepherd People don't know where to go for help They're not going to sit down and read the Bible Talk to somebody Grew up in this church Off in of some mega church now In a different state Told me one time They just love their small group They got a small group for everything in this church They got a small group for single women with cats You're going too far This was for single women in their 20s who like wine and cheese. And they got together in the bar every week with Pastor Sermon Note Taker, and and they supposedly talked about the sermon of the week. Let me tell you something. I've been around 20-year-olds with wine and cheese in front of them. I know what they were talking about. People are out there and they don't know where to go for help. Invite somebody to church. You're here. You know that God's got the answer. Why don't you tell it? They're not going to tell each other. The Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. Start inviting somebody to come to church. People need what the church has to offer. I'm not talking about a program. I'm not talking about... Uh, a, a religion i'm talking about a relationship with jesus christ real salvation real hope real joy in luke 14 23 the lord said go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full we got some seats in here bring somebody with you put them in these seats let's let's get let's get our crowd hoping in god america it's funny to say America's turned its back on God. America ain't never been real on God. Let's just be honest. Better than it was. But uh, America's always been full of, of, of rebels and, and 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 unsaved people. There's never been a time where everybody in America was saved, spirit-filled, and serving God. And it ain't going to happen. There's no promise that America will even stand as a country. Do you know that no country in the history of the world has stood under one founding document for over 200 years, except America. We're the longest-standing nation in the history of the world. My my son, uh, my kids the kids love it when they know more than their parents. Seth asked me the other day, Dad, who who do you think's older as a country, America or Germany? I said Germany, man. Germany's over there in Europe. They got buildings that are thousands of years old. Of, of course, Germany. Y'all know Germany became a country in the 1900s. We became a country in the 1700s. The Germanic people have been around for a while. We are a long standing, the longest standing nation under one document in, uh, in world history. Every other kingdom toppled and fell. Could it happen to America? Yes. What are you going to do? You're going to be like sheep with no shepherd? Or are you gonna be going to be going into the house of the Lord? You need to invite people. We have the answers. Matthew 9:37. he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. There's no limit to the problems out there. There's just too few workers. There's too few workers in our food and clothing ministry. We need more. There's too few workers inviting people to come to church. We need more. There's too few workers in our praise and worship team. We need more. There's too few workers in our children ministry. We need more. There's too few workers in our youth ministry. We need more. There's too few workers helping in the parking lot. We need more. There's too few workers praying in our prayer ministry. We need more. Matthew 9, 38 says, So pray the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send out more workers for the field. This harvest is huge. We need to advance God's kingdom. But many hands make light work. So I'll make this commitment to you today as the pastor. Whether you, whether you commit with me or not is, is up to you. I'm going to do what God said. I am going, I am going to pray every day. That God would send more workers. See, the funny thing is, some of the workers are already here. It's not necessarily that He'll send new people. There's some people here who aren't workers. And that's okay. You've been sitting back waiting, but it's time. It's time to go to work for God. It's time to plug in to the one solution that we're sure of. What's the solution? President Obama didn't, didn't fix all our country's problems. President Trump didn't fix all our country's problems. President Biden's not going to fix all our country's problems. What's the solution? We're just going to, you know, elect somebody new next time where half the country's going to say, not my president? No, because my faith not in who, who who resides at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Our faith is in the Lord God who resides in heaven and rules over the entire earth. But we got to get busy, y'all. Do what God called you to do. Be what God has called you to be. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for giving me the ability to stand up and deliver your word today. With all that's going on in my body, God, I commit to you, Lord, to ask you more, to send workers. I ask you now, God, to send more workers into your field. Save people and fill them with your spirit. Put them to work. Give us a... Urgency, God, to exalt you one more time. Give us an urgency, God, to represent you properly in this earth. Help us, God, to love you more and to live for you the way you've commanded us to. Thank you, God, for sending your son to die for us. Help us, God, to be willing to live for you. Lord, we see hurt all around us. We see issues. We see pain and problems. We are not sheep without a shepherd. You are our shepherd. And we ask you, God, Sustain us, protect us, guide us, feed us, use us for your glory. God, I pray for every person in this room that's unsaved, Lord. I pray that you would let them know they need real salvation. God, I pray for every person who is saved, that you would ignite a fire in us to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We love you, God, and we ask you to help us love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.